Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we close out Richard III and talk about some of its greater themes. You can find us at facebook.com slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show. I have a brother who is a rocket scientist, and I have a brother who went to school, originally was going to school for veterinary science, and then dropped out, joined the army, and became a flight paramedic. And my dad hates the fact that I'm smarter than both of them, and I went to college for theater. You've wasted so much potential! <laughs> my dad my dad hates that. He's like, you're the smartest of my children, and you're going to school for theater. You're liberal arts. Well, guess what? I know I'm smarter than a rocket scientist, and that's all I have to know about my life. I can't do the math, but... So, in your family of three brothers, <laughs> who is the Richard? Yeah, I uh, Troy's Troy's the shitbaggiest of all of us, so okay. it's probably him. He's the he's the troll. He's the one that trolls. And he's also you, the short one. Are so. you unfortunately Edward or George? That's the question. Then. Well, Sean's George by <laughs> default because you're the oldest. No, I'm the I'm the middle one. That's really Sean's George by default because he's the least important. Oh, oh, hate to see it happen. <laughs> That was rough. So, speaking of three brothers, we see often in Shakespeare, in some of his tragedies, like Hamlet, three brothers. All thought, no action. All action and no thought. And the combination. And the combination of the two. So, we that compared to Chase's brothers? That's the question that I don't know. Are you Richard? <sighs> you hunchback bitch. I'm, I might, I might be Richard. I might be. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because... Is he a hunchback in the sheets? <laughs> oh my god. That was terrible. Oh my god. What I was going to say... We like a bitch in the streets and a hunchback in the sheets. What up? <laughs> That's the worst. Oh my god. What I was going to say. Don't respond to that. We're not going to. I'm changing the subject back to the initial uh, query. Um, so I do have two younger brothers. I, I, I'm dealing with the three. Um, the middle one is, I don't think could be, could be the Richard because he would have a worse plan and it would still work. Yes. So that, that is true. That's, that's infuriating. That's so he's Edward. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, my, my brother... Because <laughs> Edward but, has the worst plan in... So, Chad, right. I feel like, does have the Richard timing going on. Yeah, maybe. Richard's that's, timing that's, is just... Oh, that's, Richard's timing is That might worst. be genetic, because I've told you, we've had some... You you talked about some family troubles going on. Uh, I, I have similar troubles going oh, on. Oh, no. Yeah, Grandma's not doing so hot. Oh, uh, I'm she, sorry to hear that. July is a really that. bad month. A lot of people are dying. She went, well, she's still with us, but she uh, went to the hospital on Wednesday at 1230, and nobody found out until 730. So she was in the hospital went, for seven hours and nobody knew? And she didn't tell anyone. She didn't tell them to call anyone until seven o'clock at night. It, yeah, that sounds I, like a stubborn old bird. That's that's me. That's me. That's me. 
Um, that's the that's the West Virginian coming out. Oh well, my grandparents had their kids so far up their butt right now that mm-hmm. they can't spit without um, the kids talking to all the other kids about it. I'm here's the other thing. I am positive my dad tried to call at some point throughout the day, and if my dad didn't, my aunt did. Like they are on top of her. But she's wily, and sometimes <laughs> sometimes she slips out and decides to have a medical incident on her own time. I don't need you guys here. It's just tummy troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But so, but my you youngest. Got, mm-hmm. So just so everybody knows, it is Chase, Chuck, and Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, because your parents just opened up the source of names. Right C H section, but C H A because Chuck's name isn't Chuck; it's Charles. Yeah, so it's Chase, Chad, and Charlie. Ugh. And I've only gotten to talk to Chase and Chad. I still have one more to collect, yep. and my Pokemon set is complete. I I know they exist, but I I've only talked to Chase. Uh, I've just because been... just because there are more Green Leaves doesn't mean I have to know more Green Leaves. Uh, no, I at this point would like to collect them all because I've also talked to. Julie, a fair amount. Mm. Oh, and your dad's name is escaping me. Craig. Craig. When I talk Starts to, with a C. Yeah, I've talked to Craig a little bit, but mostly through email. Mm-hmm. Julie, I think it's I've, the one I I've talked to. Your, to. I've talked to your mom. Mm-hmm. And I know you and your wife. Those are the, like, that's, that's the, Greenlee for me. Yeah. I'm yeah. Greenlee. I don't yeah. need, yeah. C2G2, um, I was there. Well, I made I collect, the hashtag. Look, I've collected most of Cassie's family. I gotta collect the rest of Chase's family. See, I knew I knew members of Cassie's family before I knew Cassie. Because I knew Heather. Yes. I think I met you guys at the same time. I knew no, Heather, Heather first. Heather got involved with Theta before I did. Yes, but I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. get involved. Yeah. So, 2007 is when I got involved with Theta. So, if I knew Heather first, it was maybe for six months. Yeah. 1999 was when I got involved with Theta. No. Oh. So old. I know. So yeah, but you're just as old, bitch. So, uh, no, I'm not. I'm younger than you are. By a year, it doesn't count at this point. We're old enough. No, we're old enough that a year no longer matters. Every year. Anyway, getting back to talking about these three That's brothers. Mm-hmm. These assholes. These assholes. So brothers. we've got George in this is just like he's just meant for death. He's extra. He's extra. He's he's, he's the, well he's the dopey brother that is just there yeah. to die and he's, he's the going, plot. I didn't do anything. But I did. But I, I didn't, didn't do anything. <laughs> My name's George. I'm gonna die. Why was I cursed with the genie? So I mean, he did some stuff because his guilt keeps being brought up. But the things that he did against Henry the Sixth. Well, they uh, in earlier plays in in Henry Six One Two and Three. They they all did some shit. I so, mean, we're talking about Richard other, used to be cool. But other than Queen... Yes, okay. So it's, that was my lost pin, by the way. I did remember Oh, it. yay! So my lost pin is the difference between Richard in this play and Richard in other plays. Because at the start of Henry VI, part two... When Richard comes in and drops that fucking head... He just throws a head down. So he's... Clearly, we're not too worried about a withered or deformed arm at this point. He's just tossing. Well, because it wasn't it. it wasn't deformed at that point because the White Queen hadn't cursed him. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Because that's how that works. That's what so, you said. Richard at the in Henry Six Part Two. I think he's awesome. Like he comes in throwing heads. Everything is action. Go go go. Let's fight fight fight. 
And then we get to Richard, the third, Ricky three, and it's, I'm deformed, and if, if we are not fighting, I can't do anything. I can't, I'm not great with poetry. I'm not a lover of women. This is shit for me. Let's go back to war. Let's murder some people. But even, even everything he says at the beginning in that long monologue of, let's, let's go back to war. Let's get out of this piece. I don't like this. This doesn't work for me. I'm deformed. He calls himself deformed over and over again. Unfinished. Unfinished. Well, nobody else does. Like, that's what what he calls him. So he has a withered arm. He is deformed. And calls him deformed. Or calls him some pretty mean names. Yeah, but he's also Yeah. Yeah. He's also trying to get up in Anne, and she's not having it until she later then, for mysterious reasons. Yeah, but like, for as much as he goes on and on and on about it. Well, and this is actually, historically, this is actually historically the first reference to Richard being deformed. Even his, the, like, court, uh, pictures, the court, uh, None of the, none of them reference any deformity. No, he is fine. So this is Shakespeare coming up with a vilification. Yeah, this is this is with, added villainy, but and, but history remembers this. History remembers a deformed Richard the Third because Billy Shakes made him. So my deformed. my godfather belonged to the Richard the Third Society, which is an entire group. Of, I know you're like, why is there a society? It's all about disproving that Richard the Third. Kill these boys. Mm. So that's what the society is all about: is this like focus on this period of time in history, what actually happened, what's been changed by literature from what we actually know. And uh, as most people are aware, about five years ago, they unearthed they think what they believe to be the remains of Richard the Third under a fucking car park. Which is fitting. And, well, around the same time, they believe they found the boys under some steps. Under a staircase. Yeah. yeah. In the tower. In the tower. Actually, that might have been about ten years ago. That was yeah. longer. They actually found them first. Yeah. So, they found the boys, who they think are the boys. But there's no way of knowing. There just happens to be two skeletons. Young boys. Two youngish boys, about twelve, about They nine, don't even know be. for sure that it... That they were male skeletons. Yeah, they didn't examine. No, they them have not yes. to determine gender. But this is this is who they think they are. Well, and sex. Sex. Yes. Sorry. And they they found Richard now. So there's all these things that are coming to light, but still nothing that's definitive. There's a wonderful book called Key of Time. Time of Key of Time um, by Stephanie Fay. I think it is. Which is all about somebody going back in time to this instance to uncover the murder mystery of the boys. So there's so much literature, so many stories that are told that Shakespeare just kind of fucking made up. But the, the reason that history remembers Richard III as a hunchback is this one. But the same reason history remembers Julius Caesar dying at Brutus's hand of et tu brute. If you talk about Julius Caesar, people are going to remember what Shakespeare wrote. They're going to remember Ed Tu Brute. More than they'll remember what actually happened. I mean, he was murdered by a bunch of senators. Yes. Well, we don't know when Brutus stabbed him. 
Well, no, that's that's, that's not that's not written that's, down. That that's artistic license. This is vilification. This is more than artistic license. Yeah, Richard the Third is purposely vilified in this play by Shakespeare. Not saying that he may not have deserved it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go so far as to say that maybe he was some kind of innocent guy. But this is this is a, a step of extra vilification. So in other Shakespeare plays, we've talked about specifically histories. We've talked about how it relates to James or Elizabeth on the throne and why he may have written it. So this play was written at the time that Elizabeth would still been on the throne. Well, 1593, yes. So Elizabeth's still on the throne. There's not any great reason that he would have chosen to vilify this York boy except for it was Elizabeth's great great grandfather who would have been part of the stabby stabby. So the overthrow of the Yorks just grandfather. Just grandfather? Yeah. yeah Henry the Seventh was just Elizabeth's grandfather. grandfather. So yes. so the stabby stabby that's going on then, is he deciding to vilify Richard to like help legitimize? Well it's to make Henry Seven look good. Look good. So because he's because he's Elizabeth's grandfather. Good. Yeah, my grandpa looks good now. Because he came in and stabbed... For the eight seconds he's in this play. But yeah, but he came in and he stabbed the fucking villainous hunchback and murdered him. And restored order to England. And restored order to England and ended the fucking War of the Roses by melding the houses of Lancaster and York. Yeah, and so, well... In by marrying Elizabeth of York. And starting the Tudor line. Yes. So, here we have... We're still keeping the Yorks great. We've still allowed them, the women in the York line who are powerful to be witches. Wait, they're, and they're they, witches they, till the end. And they still, they still come across powerfully, and they still come across strong, which is good for Elizabeth. Yeah. So And she's named, obviously, she's named after two of them. That's a good point. I guess I didn't realize how close it was. I thought there was one more generation. No, it's, no. it's literally like two generations, and then we're at Queen and Elizabeth I. So this this is actually recent monarchs between yeah, but generation wise, yeah. it's not. Yeah, but it's it's Henry seven, and then Henry eight, and then Edward, and then Mary and Elizabeth. Yeah. Well, because Edward, well, Edward, Edward get Arthur in the middle there. No, Arthur's not a king. Is he? He's never had a king, Arthur. Well, well, Arthur, Henry's older brother. If we want to, if we want to, well, of the Britons, which um, was England, but it would have been, you know, yeah. Britain. on glass, and we don't know that he was actually a real person. No, we don't. But historical evidence suggests. But we've never had a non-mythological Arthur, King Arthur. Yes. So, well, no, because there's, he's the once in the future. There's never been another Arthur. Since. Yes. There's an Archie now. There is an Archie. There is an Archie. Likely will not be King now. No. no. Unless so, he pulls for Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling a Richard. That's a pretty deep Richard. Like, That's not, you gotta pull, you gotta fucking like, murder a lot of people we, to pull we, a Richard. We've got a George on the other side of that. Like, he'd have to go through an uncle he's, and a bunch of cousins to get there. seventh in line, I think, right now. Archie. Yeah. There's a, a long way to go. But, so, but but still, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth I is named after Elizabeth. There's two Elizabeths in this play. There's Elizabeth of York 
yeah. the wife of Henry the Seventh. If you want a halfway decent, and I do mean halfway, because it is pretty artistically licensed, the White Queen, White Princess oh, yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. And I think there's the Spanish princess, too. Is that Philippa Gregory? No. I've got the White Queen these are, on DVD. These are on stars. Oh, they okay. are not Lippet Gregory. These are so, I don't remember who wrote them. I don't know. I've got um, the one on DVD. Hannah yeah. watched it. Yeah. So I haven't yet. They are really CW-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a star show. There's lots of sex. There's lots of boobies. There's lots of murder. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's Outlander, Margaret, but actually however, historical. Right? Queen Margaret is ridiculous in it. She's fantastic. Well, Queen Margaret is is legit. Yeah. One of my favorite English monarchs, simply based off of Shakespeare. Yeah. So the dower, she's ridiculous, like riding around in like metal breastplate. The do- the dowager queen. She's incredible. Um, but as far as adaptations, if you don't want to read the Shakespeare, but you want to know the history, or you've read the Shakespeare and you want to see the history, these are good. Um, Bernard Cornwall, I think, titties. went back into it a little bit. Well, Bernard Cornwall did. Um, Henry V. Agincourt, but I think that... Agincourt. I, think I don't know if he has. I, if he has, I haven't uh, read it yet, so I can't say. So, there's tons written on this period of time. These just happen to be some shows that are recent. Um, the White Princess is actually fantastic. I haven't watched White Princess White Queen all. was great if you want to focus on New York. Um, but uh, the woman who plays... Either way, let's talk about Richard's timing. The worst. The worst. Richard has no timing. Yeah. And it just, it made me wonder so often as I was reading this play, like, is he doing this on purpose? Like, is he trying like, to is be? This, is this part of his plan? Because here's the thing, very similarly to what Chase was saying earlier about his brother, that he would have worse plans, but they would still somehow work. That's Richard. Mm-hmm. He's got bad plans, and they, but they still somehow... Well, not that last one. Not the last one, but up to that, they work. So he's talking to Anne, literally stops a funeral he stops procession. A funeral. Not just a funeral. The funeral of a king. Hold up. Hold up, guys. Hold up, guys. I gotta like, get, I I gotta get I gotta, up in these guts. Yeah. And he won't let the corpse pass through. And he won't leave her alone. And so she goes, fine, I will meet with you at this place. Can we please get back to this funeral progression? So, they... But it works. He marries her later. So, Somehow he marries her. She is... And, and that's, she that's is, the thing. She is making some bad choices. So, and She needs a sassy gay friend. Look at your, look no, at your so, life. Look at your choices. So, historically, she is Anne Warwick. Yes. This is not her first marriage. No. No. Her first marriage, he he is dead. Well, yeah, Richard. But Warwick, who we know to be an arch duke? Arch something. He's arch something, isn't he? No, he's duke. He's just duke Warwick. Either way, he is known as the kingmaker. Like, that is a title in history people refer to him as. Because he put Edward on the throne. He was, like in and about which Henry was going to go where. Um, no, Warwick war had been around for a while. Yeah. So he's making all of these political plays. There's no part of my mind that doesn't think that Anne is forced into this marriage 
by her father who wants one of his children on that motherfucking throne. But and one of them, one of his father. daughters is married to George. One of his daughters is now married to Richard. Good yeah, fuck. but he's dead. George is dead. Warwick's dead. Warwick's dead at this point. Yeah, they killed Warwick's him in the last. Book. Okay, that's oh part God. of her argument. Is you killed? Why my would dad. I marry you? Yeah, you killed my husband. You killed my husband and my dad. So. What leads her to marry this man who's murdered everybody? There's nothing. Nothing tells us why. Just all of a sudden she pops and she's like, yeah, like, yeah, I husband. married him and that was a mistake. And we're like, yeah, we know you were. And you you really also well. knew. He's probably going to kill me. So women don't have the choices. Well, and she was probably coerced into it. Yeah. And Richard probably dragged her in front of a priest and said, hey, we're getting married. And the priest went, oh, uh, this guy's royal. So, sure. Alright, say yes, say yes, alright, you're fucking married now. But he decides, alright, I'm gonna poison Anne. Because I wanna bang my niece. I'm, I would like to be with Elizabeth Bork, it'll, it'll solidify my throne. So he decides <clears throat> to stop her during, like, an army march, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the army is marching, he's like, hey, 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 everybody hold up, I'm gonna throw some really bad shade. Oh, oh. Hold up. I got some bad lines I want to spit at this girl. And again, his lines are not loving. They are not. No, and they and but they still end with Elizabeth going, you I know guess. what? I'll talk to her. Well, yeah, and, and, like, and, yeah, and goes so, like, okay, I guess. These It's these two parallel conversations with these women who start off with throwing all this vitriol his way, deserved vitriol his way, and end the conversation by going, Fine. He wears him down. Like he he does. I think he's just incessant, and eventually, it's like some like, insult propaganda. Deal with this yeah. anymore? But so, but but it goes back to he has bad plans, but they still somehow always work. I think Chad might be Richard. No, maybe, but they always work the until the end. Until the end, and that's the thing. It's like. Chad's not at the end yet. He, he, no, he's not. Yeah, he's only like, however old he is. 20-something? 28. Yeah, he's still got plenty of Richarding to do. Chad is the same age as Jeffrey. Yes. Uh, You've got three. If you're of three siblings as well, who's your Richard? I'm really glad I'm only a my brother right now, so we can't play I mean, Jeffrey. She doesn't have three siblings. She doesn't have two siblings. Jeffrey is definitely No, there's Jeffrey. And there's Matthew. No. Matthew he doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Oh, okay, gotcha. okay. <laughs> oh, well, what about Kate, then? Oh, yeah, there's, there's Kate. She already has a sibling that doesn't exist. It's true. I do. We don't need to make one of her real siblings not exist. She made up a sibling already. I did. Yeah, but I don't believe in her brother. Oh, okay. Well, I believe I've, in Jeffrey. I've, I've met him. I've He's met, a physical being. I've met Matthew many times. I believe in him. We I don't. Him. Sorry. We shook hands. Doesn't exist. He was at my eldest son's baptism. Doesn't exist. Like, there's... Never heard of him. I've, I've seen him. Nope. He helped me move a uh, filing cabinet down some stairs in the pouring rain. Sorry. He, he did? Yeah. When you moved out of that she, apartment? Cassie doesn't believe you either. Okay. <laughs> Cassie doesn't well, believe you either. Why did you get that filing either. cabinet downstairs and it was, like, torrential downpour and Wendy's like, get it out. And her brother's like, okay. All right. Carry Cassie doesn't believe in her no. brother now either. You've made her. It not has believe been in a while brother. since I've seen him, so we did talk on the phone recently, though. I don't. He doesn't exist. Okay. Jeffrey exists. I've met him. I've touched him. I mean, Jeffrey's well, definitely George because I've definitely booby trapped my car to hit yeah, Jeffrey in the head with books. 
like I think I might be Richard because I think Charlie's George. Because the reason I don't think Chad is Richard is because Chad has had infinitely more success in just like Yeah, but of the three of you, Chad is the most likely to just walk into a room and plunk a severed head on the table. Okay. That's that that's just true. God, if we're talking about my brothers, I'm the more likely one to do that. <laughs> if we're talking about that, you also sometimes sure. Well, are we talking? Are we talking, for, are if we we're talking throwing about dismemberment shades? Sure. Like you've never stopped a funeral procession, but I've seen you start conversations at inappropriate times. But it's it's mind boggling to me how <laughs> not denying his, it how Ricky's timing can be so bad, and he still gets what he wants and it, until the end. Are we the only people who think this is really bad timing? Do you think the audience at the time was any different? Well, no, and it's written in a way that you don't like Richard, and you're not supposed to like Richard, and they even stop the play in the middle to have somebody explain to you that you're not supposed to like Richard. Even if all of this bad stuff is happening, and even though we call it the tragedy of Richard III... Well, not supposed originally to. it was the history. So that's the next pin here. The difference in connotation between the history of Richard III versus the tragedy of Richard III. When you tell me that it's the tragedy of something, I'm going to be sympathetic to the person. Well, and the tragedy also automatically denotes fiction. It's true. Especially when dealing with Shakespeare. I mean, tragedy over history very much, like, the history does not denote fiction in the same way that Tragedy. Well, the tragedy of, like, the tragedy of Macbeth. Macbeth was a real historical figure. So was Duncan. So were all the people in that play. But it's the tragedy of Macbeth because it is not the history of Macbeth. Which we'll talk about when we get to that play. Okay. So, I think there is a distinct connotation and denotation issue there. And I, yeah, it's not real. This is not history. Well, no, but it starts out as the history, and it's longer than Hamlet. Yeah. When it's first released. And it's either Shakespeare cut. Or Burbage is like, you put too much in this! People won't Sha- sit still. Shakespeare either cut Richard, or wrote more Hamlet. Either one. I mean, you decide. Or both. Or Potentially both. There's only one way to find out. Shakespeare time, time machine. Back in time, folks. Back Where we Shakespeare time, time cops. All right. Where are we standing on time? Uh, thirty-three minutes. Not bad. All not right, all. let's go through some of our. Let's talk about some of these things. Let's not forget our what Shakespeare scale of dumb because there's definitely some Shakespeare scale of dumb in there too. All right, so uh, adaptations. I got nothing. You got any YA adaptations of uh, Richard III? Probably not. Not Un- that I'm aware of. Unlikely. This is not young adult material here. Well, so there are several books that I can think of in which our main character is not supposed to be likable. There are lots of adaptations I can think of where the main character is overly aggressive and sees himself as deformed. Uh, the book Glass comes to mind. Well, I mean, this. But I don't think they're directly unless unless we're that. unless we're specifically talking about the movie Twins. 
Which is the the obviously the direct adaptation of this. But other other it than it can't be the direct adaptation of this because it was the direct adaptation of Comedy of Errors last. Come on! <laughs> I forgot about that. First of all, big business is the direct adaptation. Of We've Comedy already Errors. covered this, friends, in right. episode forty four. All right, so adaptations. I'm going to go with that. Most of the adaptations we're going to see are just historical. Plays, yeah, about a historical person. There's very few people who are actually ad adapting. That I will, I will tell you, there was a uh, a in the game Worms Armageddon. Jesus Christ! For the PlayStation. Oh my God! There was a Shakespeare that you could have, and instead of a horse, a horse, a kingdom for my horse, one of your worms would yell out, "A donkey, a donkey, a kingdom for my donkey." A kingdom for my donkey. Yes. So, that's a minor adaptation. The um, line was adapted for use in a different media. I, well, speaking of that then, there's a fantastic episode of the TV show MASH. I love MASH. Um, where they just let Alan Alda, basically, his character gets into a wreck outside of a... Um, I know what you're you know, about. you know the episode. I'm I know about. what you're talking about. And he, Nobody he's, else knows what we're talking okay. about. He spends the entire episode in this family, this family, this uh, that lives in South Korea, and they don't speak any English. And so basically, they just wrote this entire half-hour TV show as a monologue for Alan Alda, and it's a masterful performance. And at one point, he quotes, um, "Now is the winter of our winter discontent. of our discontent." Yes, uh, and he only does like the first couple lines of it. But I always think of that whenever I read that speech. I think of Alan Alda in that episode. That was a great. That was a great show, oh, and was. there was some Absolutely. really interesting episodes of that show. Mm-hmm. This being one of them, and I I remember what you're talking about. So this well, this now is the winter of our discontent. Uh, is one of the most quoted and misquoted Shakespeare. Right lines. up there. With I would say actually, it's probably the food of love play on. It's probably the most misquoted line of Shakespeare. I would put If Music Be the Food of Love play on up there against this one. So before we move too far from adaptations, there are two famous or more recently famous movies. Because, I mean, they're not really adaptations because it's just on screen. But one of them includes a cool documentary. So Ian McKellen did Richard III and Al Pacino has done Richard III in like 95. Yeah, mid-90s. And then in the 2000s, somewhere Al Pacino did it. But there's also a cool documentary called Finding Richard. Mm -hmm. Yes. That goes along with the Al Pacino one, Mm -hmm. which is really... Uh, It's called Looking for Richard. Oh, my bad. My bad. Norton has informed me. Oh, Norton has informed you. Okay. Thank God for Norton. But it's a really cool documentary that not only goes over some of the historical findings they come up with, but also... Goes into you know finding wait, out. Wait, I'm what? sorry. I'm looking at the adaptations list, and I apologize for interrupting you, but I had to share this. Looking at the adaptations list for the Ian McKellen, um, Richard as a sly and ruthless fascist dictator in a stylishly corrupt 1930s Britain, which I knew. Oh yeah, no, it's an Ian, amazing. Ian McKellen is Richard. Robert Downey Jr. is Lord Rivers. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. And that Benning's in it, too. Yeah, no, and it's amazing. It's an amazing Richard yeah, III. It, and Ian McKellen is... Well, of course. Fucking... 
brilliant as Ricky Free. So, I know the Al Pacino one is on Netflix. The Actually, Al Pacino, of all people, not a great actor, did not do bad. Well, there was so much, he spent so much time figuring out how to do it. They made a whole documentary. They did. They did. They did an entire documentary about Al Pacino learning how to be Richard III. And we've seen Al Pacino do other Shakespeare before. So I don't. I remember when that came out, being friends with you, and us being like, what is Al Pacino doing fucking Shakespeare for? But Merchant of Venice hadn't been that much before that. No, and it's actually. It is actually a pretty good adaptation. Um, You would not be disappointed to watch the Al Pacino. Richard the Third. I would. I. I personally would tell you. I would steer Ian you McKellen. towards Ian McKellen, but, but that watch, because that one is amazing. I would watch the. I would take if you had to pick just through things. Watch the Ian McKellen one because it's very good. No, no, no. But watch the the Al Pacino one. I really liked the documentary. Watch the nineteen twelve silent film. Oh, okay. that is also listed here in Norton. I didn't know that existed. Fifty five minutes. Smelt. Man, they really, they really. Oh, well, it's a silent film. They so. slimmed down the fucking runtime, didn't they? Well, when you have a play like this one, that's we should have just talking as this one is. Yeah, we should have just run that silent film for the podcast because I. Well, no, and you can you can gouge the fuck out of this play if you're cutting. You can and you should. It's so long, and everyone does. You can cut swaths. Wide swaths, huge tracts of land right out of this play. Luckily, for the first time, it's not the females. No, that can be you can't. Out. You can't cut them. You can't cut Anne or Elizabeth or Margaret. You cannot. And they're great. Like if we let that segue us into agency of women. Oh yeah, no, like, let's do it. Let's kick that for, out. For all that these women kind of get beaten down by Richard in the end, they're still powerhouse women because they go toe to toe with them. Oh, and God, they yeah. win their verbal arguments, and then there's Queen Margaret, who's just kicking ass Margaret. and taking names every time. I love she's Margaret. On page. She's my fucking favorite. I fucking love her. She is the best. And she just pops in out of nowhere. She has nothing. I want to go. I want to go back in time and marry this Queen Margaret. Don't. She's full of vitriol. She has. She has. <laughs> just let her nothing, be full of vitriol and out there doing it. She has nothing to do with the actual plot. You could remove her, and I would fight you. Well, I would fight you too. <laughs> But, like, we wouldn't lose much of the plot of the show. No, no you're not going to lose plot, but you're going to lose enjoyment. You're you going to lose... But it's like, your scene's going along, things are happening, and then all of a sudden, a out of nowhere, Margaret, Margaret pops up and Boom. Goes, fuck you and fuck you and fuck you and I hate all of you. You're still cursed. Just reminding you of that. Peace out, bitches. Margaret she comes up. in over a bookshelf and out under the bookshelf. Margaret comes in and she fucking punches you in the head. But don't forget, she you- stops cursing just to give... She says, Buckingham, you're all right. Here's your cookie, Buckingham. I'm leaving. But hey, stop hanging out with Richard. At the end, Elizabeth's like, hey, Margaret, I need to know how to curse people. It's like, well, I'm glad you came to What is, it's about time. I have been cursing people since we started the play. I'll be cursing people later because she outlives Richard. She does. She's still going. So is Elizabeth of York. Yeah. Both Elizabeths of York. Still Both going. of the Elizabeths outlook Richard. Still hobbling along, cursing people. And Margaret, Margaret fucking, you fuck, it's about time. I tried to get you on this shit acts four, ago. Four acts ago. Come on. But the agency of the women in this, 
They other, don't. Other than they don't have a lot of success, but, but they they have, they, agency. they have agency. Other than yeah, which I think is an so, important. Yes, we have these like. How the fuck did you marry him? Why would you marry him? And she knows, but she knows though. She's like knowing something shouldn't have happened to you, and being able to stop it is the difference between. Uh, being aware and having agency. She is aware. She does not have agency. She is so. And and she starts off with agency and, and the loses scene it, and then loses it. When yes, she but the but the other women, aside from Anne, who loses her agency to Richard, the other women, both Elizabeth, Margaret, they are filled with fucking vinegar and fuck 'em up juice, and they. They do not take his shit, and they but don't. Butterscotch juice tastes like butterscotch. It should whatever you want it to taste like. I don't. I don't know. Maple syrup. Then? Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's fucking maple syrup. I don't care. It's, it's fucking. They kick ass. They don't care what Richard says, and they. Fuck. Like I said, Margaret's other just like fuck you, curse you. I hope you die. All right, you're okay. You're okay. It's that same. What's that movie? Okay. It's it's from fuck. It's half-baked. half-baked. It's fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you, you you're cool. cool. Fuck you. I'm out. And that's what that's Margaret. That's what she does in that scene. I'm looking at her other pins. And then Elizabeth yeah. comes in and she's like, "Teach me how to do that." That one applies. I don't think this, as far as the SCU. No, the Shakespeare Extended yeah, Universe. This is just a running list. It's not yeah, so the all friars are one shipwreck. There are no, there are no, no friars. friars. There's no friars for us. Um, There's no shipwrecks. Nope. No perpetual pirates of plot advancement. Nope. nope. No pirates in I this one. I feel like some of those are just comedies. So well, no, no, because the pirates appear in a lot of the histories. They do. The yeah, pirates, do. the pirates advance the plot in comedies and histories. All right. So and a tragedy even. We should still write a musical that's the Pirates of Plot Advancement. It'll be like the Pirates Who Don't Do Very Much. I was going to say, they have to sing the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything song. So, what is Shakespeare's scale of dumb for this? Richard's dumb as fuck. But only this plays Richard. Yes, yeah. because Richard, Richard, Richard... Don't forget, I liked Richard. Oh, Ricky, Ricky Three and the Henrys? Yeah, I liked that. And Henry Six? He ain't bad. Before he becomes, he's throwing heads, fucking taking names. Before he gets that G name, well, and that's the whole thing is that he starts before off he becomes play, a G unit. He starts off this play, you know, I'm gonna choose to be a villain, and, and then he's and shocked then the end, that he's, he's like, a villain. That's why. What? That's why the speeches he makes at the end of Act Five and the speech he makes at the beginning of Act One, they don't. They don't drive. Line up. So as an as an author who goes back and rereads your own work and you answer the questions about the text, my biggest question is, why does somebody who has so much intention to be a villain at the beginning murders everybody and at the end is like, how do it's people become a villain? Well, it's because he's talked himself into being the hero. Does he really believe he's the hero or is what he's actually saying, because let's face it, there's always a little bit of wiggle room in what does this actually mean, is... Is it that he's surprised that other people found the fuck out that he was being a villain? I think you almost have to play it that way because otherwise, be otherwise he doesn't 
doesn't make sense. He doesn't work. He doesn't make, make sense. He doesn't work. Well, I think I think that it can go it can go two ways. It can go that he starts out going, "Well, I guess I'm going to be the bad guy," and he doesn't mean it like the bad guy. He thinks he's going to be like the bad the bad boy, the badass. The, if someone's to blame, I'll take the, the blame. tough guy. I'm the anti-hero. Do do do. And then at the end, he's like, oh, like, they think I'm, like, actually the bad guy, but oh. I'm not the bad guy. I'm the hero, guys! And that's that's the one way to do it. And then the other way is that he, you know... Can't believe people figured can't out. Can't believe that people figured I'm so out, so like... Smart. I'm so smart, nobody will find out that I'm the bad guy. Well, you left your murderers and alive, and you named them murderers. And somebody pulled off his fucking mask. And he's like, well, I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you damn uh, you Henry know, Richmonds. You know who pulls off his mask and smacks him about the face with it for being so bad at his job? Iago. Well, yeah. Iago is like, way better at that like shit. Like, Ricky w- wishes he was Iago. Well, that's because Richard III is a precursor to Iago. Yeah. Yeah. And Ricky III think... was written before Iago, and Iago is Richard III perfected. So, yeah, we, I, I, I can think of two other villains. Iago's one of them, and the other one is from Titus. Aaron. Aaron Lamore. Who set out with... Which is funny, I because Aaron is be, actually potentially... Aaron is actually potentially the only villain of those two that would have been written before Richard. But potentially. He, he as well sets out, like, I'm the... Hello, hello, audience, I am the villain. Oh, yeah. When I directed that shit, it was fucking... He came out to fucking Sympathy for the Devil. But I mean, his line, <laughs> you know, like, his line pretty much say, "Oh yeah, I'm here to be the devil. I'm here to smash babies' heads in. I'm this the bad is what guy. I'm here for. I, I Richard, do bad things for my own enjoyments. Yes, I am bad people. I like being bad people. Iago comes out with a, I fucking hate that this guy has got more shit than I do, and I'm going to destroy it. Come with me on my trip." To destroy this, and when yeah, we talk, watch me, when we talk, fuck this shit up. When we talked about Othello, it really is. But Iago is more of a main character than Othello is. Oh yeah, side well Othello is just yeah. Otako the whole Venice. And side story about this: so I work with young people, and I I try to get a lot of them interested in Shakespeare with mixed success. And I've got like a couple students who are like. No, I don't like Shakespeare. I'll never like Shakespeare ever at all. They took a trip to Stratford earlier this summer. They saw a fellow there. And I was asking one of them, like, well, how was the trip? How were the shows that you saw? And he goes, A fellow was amazing. Iago was the coolest. I want to play Iago. And I'm like, Well, hold up. Hold up. Because, it's- like, a month ago. This is the one who famously doesn't like. It's Thomas. Yeah, it's Thomas. Okay. Yeah. I was like, because a month ago, you wanted nothing to do with Shakespeare ever in your life. And now you want to play Iago? And I think that just speaks to seeing things performed. And well, how, and, well yeah. there, are, there are two kinds of people that don't like Shakespeare. And it's, it's generally speaking, my wife is one of them. She doesn't like Shakespeare. And it's, it's because that she doesn't get... She, she doesn't understand... The language, the language is a barrier for her. Mm-hmm. So there's two kinds of people: it's people that that can't get past the language barrier, and there is a yeah, little bit, absolutely. 
Um, and it can be gotten around in performance, but if you can't get past the words, and some people can't get past the words. And that, you know, that's fine. If you can still enjoy the story, or if you can understand the story, if I tell you what the plot of the play is, and you go, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Okay, you understand the plot of the story is interesting, but you just, the words are a barrier. And I totally get that, and that happens to people. And then there are the people that are too cool for Shakespeare. And it sounds like your boy Tommy here is a fucking too cool for Shakespeare. And he's wrong. There's a third part, there's a third one, and that that is people whose first introduction to Shakespeare is by a terrible English teacher forcing it down their throats the wrong way. Everybody stand up and read a line. Yep, exactly. Well, no, and I, I, I get that, but that's, that's the, that's actually not the problem. That's a big problem. No, everybody. That scared me off. Every, everybody can get past that. Everybody can get. It's whether you do or or not. Well, it's, 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 you're given an opportunity. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's how, that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why the fuck we're at no, this and, table. And it's not, it's not, with Thomas, it's not a too cool for Shakespeare thing. Yeah. It is a language thing, because we've talked about that. He's like, okay, because I like, your your boy, your boy Tommy sounded like he was too cool for Shakespeare, and ain't he's, nobody. I think, I think it was to more. to pick up the William and Mary. I think it was more that he'd never really seen it he'd never done in a way that it, it was compelling for him. He'd never experienced Shakespeare. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And that that happens, you know. It's we the, all have that first Shakespeare we saw that changed the game from Shakespeare being that dry, weird language stuff into something that was powerful. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you the first time I saw uh, the first time I saw Shakespeare in the park when I saw uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, and they had all the different pucks. One vo- you know, one voice and a bunch of different actors playing puck, male, female, whatever, you know, popping out from behind trees and everything like that and crawling on the stage and like the, like I witnessed that and I was like, not only, it not only inspired my love of Shakespeare, but in my love of theater in general. Like I was already a, a, a performative kid growing up, but then I was like, oh, like I can do this? Like it just like, like acting Acting as myself, but like I could actually do this, yeah. and that was like that was that uh, that performance. I was I, I don't know. I had to be eight, nine, ten. I don't remember how old I was, but I was young. What do we mistake? That was before junior high. Mm-hmm. You know, first time I saw Shakespeare performed was our Tempest. because I never like my family. You were well, not in Titus. I know. But he didn't but say But I've never seen anything performed because we didn't do anything in high school. Certainly didn't do anything in middle school. We were doing the, uh, the orphan musicals at that point. So we had no time for Shakespeare at that point. My family was not huge into theater. Like, you know, we were different types of nonprofits is where we kind of, you know, had our focus going on there. So I legitimately did not see sh- a a moment of Shakespeare, except for, like, in rehearsals, until I saw Tempest. Neat. Yeah. Wow. So how yeah. was it, then, your first real Shakespeare? I really I, hope he says it was fucking awful. It was, I mean, clearly it was good, because I didn't run off, but, like, real, like, my first, like, real Shakespeare experience outside of a middle, uh, outside of a high school classroom was being in Titus. Yeah. Well, and Titus is definitely, like, 
everybody looked at me like I was a crazy person for directing it as my first ever Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Because nobody does Titus and Amicus. You just like gore and death and rape. No, I don't like those things. Um, you like cooking people in pies? Yes. I mean, that uh, is a great plot point. Clearly. Um, no, it's... Spoilers. It's, it's there's so much, there's so much that happens in that play that we're gonna talk about when we do that play, and yeah. I can't wait to do that one, but I cannot give it away now. No. And in fact, we probably should be picking what our next play is. Yeah. But we don't need to do that. On Mike. On, on, on Mike. But what I we should probably do is say that we're done here with Richard III, yeah, unless I anybody so. has anything. Because we moved past it, we started talking about our Shakespeare experiences. It, yeah. and super, super long, but an enjoyable play, all in all. Oh, enjoyable, and there's a lot to it. I'd um, watch it, I'd direct it, I'd be in it. Yeah. You gotta cut it, though. You gotta cut it. That's the only rule. You cannot do full text. Can we Shakespeare. just make the women look at everything else? Mm. So I would do that. Yes. <laughs> I would do that play. I would like. I would direct that or whatever. I would. would like, awesome. Yeah. I would. I would love it. I would do it. Yes. Should Let's do, do it. No, seriously, we're gonna. Shakespeare ladies' night. No, we're just gonna do Richard the the ladies of Richard the Third. We're gonna do fucking Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Anne, and Margaret. Do it as a one act. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. We're gonna we're yeah we're gonna cut the shit out of it. <laughs> we're gonna make it happen. I would right. do that in a let's, heartbeat. Let's, well, we can do that. They're going to curse the shit out of bitches. All right. Let's quiet this up. My name's Beth Roars. My name's Ryan Hatfield. Cassie Greenlee. Chase Greenlee. This has been Shakespeare, uh, episode 46. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. I, I hope that you are still listening next time we roll around uh, filmed in a different location. Yeah. New location. Not that it matters. Cause Not that it matters. I mean, the, the audio quality might change. We yeah. might actually be able to sit on all sides of the table. No. But they can't see us anyway, and I said filmed in a different we'll location. We're gonna get you a cork board. Say goodnight, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Thanks. Ah, oh, dicks. Oh, God. <laughs>